Brought to you by Mountaineer fans for Mountaineer fans, the Country Road Webcast. What's going on, Mountaineer Nation? Welcome into the Country Roads Webcast. As always, I'm your host, Jordan Cruz, here for Season 5, Episode 151 of the CRW Podcast, our Oklahoma State Preview and Predictions episode, the final game of the 2022 West Virginia football season that will show West Virginia at 4-7, and 2-6 and six in conference, traveling on the road to Stillwater to take on the 7-4 and four Oklahoma State Cowboys, who are also 4-4 four and four in the Big 12 Conference. Currently in fourth place in said conference, Saturday, November 26th, going to kick off at noon Eastern time, and it'll be televised on ESPN2 there if you want to watch the final game of the West Virginia football season, which we will get into a preview of as we continue throughout this episode. But before we get there, let's go through with our traditional segments with some uh, extra special surprises throughout, actually. But, of course, let's start it off the way we always like to here on the CRW Preview Podcast with a little off-topic babble. All right, so off-topic babble here is where we like to dish on anything, you know, unrelated to the Mountaineers, really, that's been going on, what we've been watching, what we've been doing. Uh, For me, usually, as you guys know, movies, TV shows, I like to dish on those here, give some reviews, talk about that a little bit. And recently, this past week, uh, like I said, I know if you watched the last preview episode, I was talking about some Christmas things that were coming out that I'd probably be watching in the near future. And, of course, those indeed did come out and one of those being a Christmas story Christmas if you're a fan of the old you know movie a Christmas story from you know the 1980 whatever I believe it was uh directed by Bob Clark um you know the guy the little kid Ralphie trying to get the um Ryder BB gun for Christmas I'm sure you've all seen it even if you're not a fan of it it's on you know marathon on TBS or TNT whichever it is every uh Christmas Eve through Christmas and of course, that's kind of where I fell in love with it was watching that marathon. I would watch it when I was a kid, you know, from the time it was on, you know, I think I'm on like 8 p.m. on Christmas Eve, usually all the way through for 24 hours, you know, till 8 p.m. on Christmas. And for the most part, my TV would just stay on that the whole time because I really liked it when I was a kid. So uh, for me, I was I was excited to see this one and I thought it was super well done. Uh, one of my favorite movies of the year to this point. I really enjoyed the way that they did it. I thought that they honored the first one a lot and 
um, but then also did their own thing enough that it didn't seem stale. And I like the fact that they brought back, you know, all the cast from the original for the most part. Um, you get even the kids back, you know, there were Ralphie's friends, Flick and Schwartz, and of course, uh, Peter Billingsley coming back as Ralphie, um, you know, the same one that played him in the original movie. And he's kind of the father of the family this time. You know, the one cast member that I, I did recognize that was different was Ralphie's mother was played by a different actress, which, you know, that kind of stuck out to me a little bit. But also I felt like they throughout the story just kind of sidelined her in the, in the script. Like in every scene, it would be like, hey, mom, why don't you go do such and such? Or she would say, oh, I got to do such and such. And then she would just kind of exit the scene. And that seemed like her role for a lot of the movies. So I guess that was kind of one of the downsides but man it was really good um you know made me tear up multiple times shed a few tears uh, a couple times as well even so it's an emotional movie you know but really get well done christmas film i thought and especially if you're a fan of the original christmas story i think you'll really enjoy a christmas story christmas other than that um tim allen's the santa claus i know those are some christmas movies that people enjoy as well on disney plus they just released a series that's kind of uh continuing on that it's called the Santa Clauses. Um, it's going to be like six episodes, six to eight episodes, I believe. I want to say it's going to be six episodes on Disney Plus. They've released two so far, and then I guess they're going to release one a week. So something that you can watch, you know, leading up to Chris uh, to Christmas. Right? I watched the uh, first two episodes. They weren't weren't bad at all. You know, I definitely enjoyed a Christmas story Christmas more, but I was also always more of a fan of a Christmas story than I was the Santa Claus movies. Even though I really did like those as well, but I think you know we're a Christmas story Christmas was a film. They probably had a little bit more money behind it. Whereas this is probably being funded more as a TV series. And I think some of that shows in the production value and stuff, the CGI and stuff in comparison to how it was in the old Santa Claus movies. But um, you know, it, it seems good so far. Like I said, it's also one of those things where the verdict's still out on it. Cause it's not a, finished product i don't have the you know complete story yet right it's going to be six episodes and i've only seen two so who knows i may have been end up really enjoying it but it's definitely not bad that's that's one thing i'll say about it it's it's not bad i enjoyed the first two episodes so if you're a fan of tim allen's santa claus series maybe check that one out as well but other than that that's pretty much all i got this week for off topic babble uh, before we get into mountaineer news there is a uh, one little thing i wanted to feature here on the podcast so here is a secret segment for this week's preview podcast here on season five episode 151 of the crw podcast or oklahoma state preview and predictions edition all right so earlier this season i decided to feature one of our youtube series here on the podcast side of things so that some of the people that listen to the audio only version could get a preview of some of the things that we do on the youtube side of things as well here on the country roads webcast and maybe hop over there and give us a subscription and i wanted to do that again here and preview one of the series that we featured this whole entire season throughout 2022 and that is our weekly top player grade series where i have described and um, gave the top five players according to you know pff's grades for west virginia both offensively and defensively the top five highest offensive player grades for the mountaineers following the week's uh, game and the top five highest defensive player grades for the mountaineers following that week's game and i've done that all throughout the season haven't done that yet for the previous game against kansas state been waiting to do it and want it because i wanted to feature it here on the podcast as well so if you're watching on the video side here you'll see me pull up the numbers but of course on the audio side you'll hear me with give it the rundown if you kind of like this type of content it's just another reason to hop over to the country roads webcast youtube and give us a subscription there as well as instead of just only listening to uh the long form audio podcast episodes that we release a couple times a week you get even a little bit more extra mountaineer 
your sports content if you hop over to the Country Roads webcast YouTube. So with that being said, let's dive in here. Let's take a look at the top five highest defensive player grades for the Mountaineers in the game against Kansas State. All right, starting here at number five, we had Bandit Linnell Carr, who came out of the Kansas State game with a 75.0 defensive grade for the Mountaineers. First time, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that uh, Linnell Carr's made an appearance here in these top uh, player grades on the defensive side, but it's good to see, especially considering he's a guy that's been splitting time there with Jared Bartlett throughout the season. So glad to see him pop up here and, you know, a younger Mountaineer player as well. Who knows what's going to happen in the, in the future, but he's a guy that could have some potential there uh, moving forward. And so good to see him pop up on here. And then you got Jasir Cox West, playing the spear again for West Virginia as the fourth highest graded player for the Mountaineers on defense against Kansas State with a 75.5 defensive grade. And I think Jasir Cox is a guy that, you know, they we all thought had high potential coming in from the uh, FCS powerhouse there in North Dakota State. And he came to West Virginia to play the spear position, initially started out the season playing that, then moved to the wheel linebacker for a small portion of the season. Here in recent weeks, they switched him back to the spear with some injuries and stuff that have happened. And that's where he has really started to shine, including these past two weeks. He has been in the player grades in the prior game against Oklahoma and then in this game as well as we see him here fourth but also in both those games he was West Virginia's leading tackler 12 tackles in the game against Oklahoma 13 tackles in this game against Kansas State believe he also had a tackle and a half for a loss in this one against Kansas State as well and that's probably another reason why it gets up here on the top five defensive player grades showing up at number four here moving on here we got defensive linemen dominating the top three which has kind of been a theme here on the defensive player grades all season as the defensive line has performed well I know in this game you know the coaches have mentioned that the defensive line struck a little bit in the first half with some of their alignment and things like that and that's kind of why Kansas State got off to the hot start that they did but despite that they were able to you know bounce back and have a good performance in the second half and I think that's why a lot of them ended up you know on these uh, on the top five player grades here as you see as we go through the top three here beginning with number three Dante Stills who's been a mainstay here I almost want to say he's been here every week it's been very very close if not every week but coming out with a 77.1 defensive grade against Kansas State just more of the same you know he's played the most career games ever in a Mountaineer uniform he's the career tackles for loss leader in WVU football history I believe he's played 58 games now so just an awesome career for him that was his final game at Mountaineer Field so I'm glad to see that he had a good performance according to PFF and get getting back into the top five player grades there. Well-deserved for him on senior day from an outstanding Mountaineer career. Definitely one of the better Mountaineer defensive linemen of all time. The proof is in the pudding there with the numbers and glad to see him come out as the third highest graded Mountaineer on defense with a 77.1 grade against Kansas State. And then number two, one of the most unheralded players and most underrated players that I think has been probably the most improved player on the Mountaineer football team this season, if you ask me, and that's Jordan Jefferson coming out as the second highest graded Mountaineer on defense in this one with a 78.7 defensive grade. Like I said, he's really been unheralded because sometimes he doesn't pop up on the stat sheet, but the games that the Mountaineers have played good on defense, particularly in run defense, we know how they've struggled in pass defense for pretty much the entire season, but even at times in recent weeks when this defense has played well, when they were able to, you know, hang with a great TCU team and then, of course, beat Oklahoma. The defense was really doing good things there. And even against Iowa State, they got stops and kept West Virginia in that game for a long time. But West Virginia was just unable to score, and that's why the score ended up being lopsided in that one. Um, this game against Kansas State, they kind of reverted back a little bit to what we had seen from them a lot earlier in the season. But despite that, run defense has been strong for a, a large portion of the season and a big part of that. And the pass rush is credit to Jordan Jefferson, what he's done as the Mountaineers nose tackle 
forcing plays into the backfield, and that's why some of these negative yardage plays have happened, and we've seen a lot of Mountaineers rack up TFLs and sacks this season along the defensive line and otherwise, and he continued to do that again in this game with a 78.7 grade according to PFF. And the number one highest defensive grade for the Mountaineers against Kansas State belongs to defensive lineman Sean Martin. Took over the Mountaineers' starting role of def- at defensive end, you know, earlier in the season, got that role from Taj Austin. Taj Austin still been contributing, of course, as the Mountaineers rotate that defensive line a lot and play a lot of four down. But Sean Martin really had a great game in this one. And he's a guy who Neil Brown has mentioned is just now really starting to get it and feels like that if he gets it, that no one will really be able to block him. And he's the type of guy that could rack up sacks at will, you know, according to this coaching staff. And they feel like his potential is endless with his combination of size and speed. You know, every bit of six foot five put on a lot of weight. And we've seen that in spurts this season. And, you know, according to PFF, he really was showing some good things in this game as he comes out as the top highest graded Mountaineer on defense. So there are the top five highest graded Mountaineers on defense in this one. Let's flip it over and let's take a look at the top five highest offensive player grades for West Virginia in the game against Kansas State. Starting with number five here, offensive lineman Tomas Rimmick with a 72.5 offensive grade. Remick has been asked to fill in for James Gumetter, you know, the past few games after an injury and then some losses in his personal life, which, of course, as we all know by now, led to his retirement as we saw him in this game against Kansas State walk on senior day. He's taken a position with the uh, University Police Department and wish him well in his career moving forward. Had a good career at West Virginia despite being banged up at injuries at time after switching over from defensive line to offensive line. But with that being said, Tomas Remick, a redshirt freshman, has been asked to fill in in his place, and he has filled in admirably, especially in the past couple weeks. I do believe last week after the game against Oklahoma, he was featured in our top player grades there as well, and he shows up there again this week with the number five highest grade with the 72.5 offensive grade against the Kansas State Wildcats. And then here with our fourth highest player grade on offense, and that is tight end Traylon Davis, a freshman for the Mountaineers. So you got two freshmen here at five and four spots in the top five highest player grades on offense this week. Traylon Davis coming out with a 74.6 offensive grade. I think he's really been doing some good things in the Mountaineer run game, helping the run blocking, especially ever since Garrett Green has taken over at quarterback, and they've been going with a lot of 12 personnel there, two tight end sets, and he's played in more a uh, little bit more than he has, you know, in recent weeks. And he also has been getting involved in the passing game. We saw him, you know, have a reception or two here and there. And then in this game, he has another one. And I think that those two things combined is why he was able to come out as the fourth highest graded Mountaineer on offense with his 74.6 grade. And then here we are, the third highest graded Mountaineer on offense in the game against Kansas State was running back Jalen Anderson, 75.5 offensive grade. Probably the best we've seen from him in I think I would have even liked to see a little bit more of him in this game. He only ended up with seven carries, but he had 69 yards on those carries. So basically 10 yards a carry for him. No, he broke a 20 plus yarder that nearly looked like he was going to break it for a touchdown. And it looks like maybe finally he's coming into his own a little bit forced into action, maybe before that he was ready and the staff wanted him to be. But I think that experience has really helped him and it looks like he's ready for some more action. And hopefully in this game coming against up against Oklahoma state, we'll get to see a little bit more of him as well as his run and mate Justin Johnson who came out as the second highest graded Mountaineer on offense in this one with a 75.7 grade. Justin Johnson been a bit banged up in recent weeks. Seems like he's a little bit closer to being healthy. Tony Mathis on the other hand we know that he's had his struggles with that elbow injury that you know I have mentioned in the past probably would have kept 
most people out for the season, but Tony Mathis has battled back and tried to fight to, through it, but he's certainly not 100%. So with that, accompanied with these player grades, hopefully we'll see a little bit more Justin Johnson and Jalen Anderson this week, and they can let Tony Mathis maybe, you know, take this last final game of the season off and give him some extra healing time heading into the offseason and getting ready for next season as we know his potential as well. But good to see both the other Mountaineer running backs here on the top player grades with Justin Johnson coming out as the second highest with the 75.7 grade. And how about the top highest graded Mountaineer in the game against Kansas State? I know to the naked eye even he had a really good performance, but PFF agrees as wide receiver Cortez Braham comes out with a 75.9 offensive player grade. And that's big just due to the fact that he was making his first career start at West Virginia. And in his first career start, he comes out as the highest graded player on the Mountaineer offense with a 75.9 player grade. Filling in for Caden, the injured Caden Prather, who was out for that game in the concussion protocol, hopefully will return uh, this week against Oklahoma State in this upcoming game. He is expected to, but having said that, it is nice to see that he has a very capable backup and a guy that maybe has potential for the future for the Mountaineers in the JUCO transfer, Cortez Braham, who's a player that I've you know said throughout the season I'd like to see a little bit more of, as, as well as the other JUCO product West Virginia brought in at the receiver position in Jeremiah Aaron. But I think this game just went to show a little bit of Braham's potential and what he can do for the Mountaineers moving forward. And, you know, maybe some of the young potential that the Mountaineers have there. You know, I know Ford Wheaton and Sam James both have the ability to leave and they may, you know, return, but they could move on, both of those guys. And if they do, I think you still should be in good shape on the outside with Caden Prather returning, Cortez Braham potentially returning as well. And both those guys as your outside receiver moving forward isn't a bad look, I don't think, especially when you look at the top five highest player grades for the Mountaineers on offense this week as Cortez Braham comes out as the top highest graded against Kansas State with a 75.9 offensive grade. So there is a look at the offensive player grades there for the Mountaineers in the 11th game of the 2022 season. And for you guys listening here on the audio version on the podcast here, that's just a preview of something we do on the YouTube after every West Virginia game have done this season, our top five highest player grade series. So if you like that type of content, we also do a snap count series, which I've previewed here on the podcast as well. Just wanted to give you guys a preview of that. So having said that, if you are tuned in here on the YouTube video version, whether it be on our channel here at the Country Roads webcast or over on the WV Sports Now channel. And if you guys want to find some great Mountaineer sports content, be sure and check it out on their website where you can find our episodes and all kinds of good Mountaineer sports content there on the web at wvsportsnow.com as we are part of their network there in the Sports Now family of networks. But if you're tuned in on their YouTube channel or ours, do us a favor, hit the like button, give us the thumbs up. That'll really help this video performance and help future videos performances. And if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. Helps us, helps you, helps get more of this Mountaineer sports content out to Mountaineer Nation. And if you are tuning in on the audio side, which really are appreciative of all you audio listeners, no matter what podcast platform you tune in on, you can find us there. Just search for the Country Roads webcast. But if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, do us a favor, leave us a rating. That really helps us. And if you're tuned in on any other podcast platform, just be sure and share it around with other Mountaineer fans that we're sure that you know that may enjoy this Mountaineer football content as well. Having said that, let's dive in, of course, with Mountaineer football news. All right, so when we're talking Mountaineer football news, of course, the main topic at hand is kind of the athletic department being in flux as it is and also 
the topic at hand as far as this coaching staff and what's going to happen moving forward as the Mountaineers have secured their third losing season in the past four years. They will also miss a bowl game for the second time in Neil Brown's four years, which they had only missed a bowl game in two years in the last 19 years prior to Neil Brown taking over in 2019 and now have missed a bowl game in two of his four years. So I know a lot of his status is in question as well. But in talking about that, actually this morning ESPN put out an update and these are their thoughts on the situation. It says from ESPN here, I'll share this on the screen with you guys that are tuned in on the video version. But it says athletic director Shane Lyons is out and Neil Brown's status has been shaky for a while. But WV will not make any decisions until the end of the season. And several industry sources are saying Brown will likely receive another year under a new AD in 2023. Brown's hefty buyout is clearly a factor. And while West Virginia will run an accelerated AD search, the timing to complete both changes by early December would be difficult. So those are ESPN's kind of thoughts on the subject. I think the wording there that, of course, is interesting is the kind of the preface that they do of it. And, of course, what they do at the close of it, just kind of covering them of what they're saying as far as they think Neil Brown will come back. But with these two caveats and those caveats being WV will not make any decisions until the end of the season. So, you know, a mere few days away now. And then, of course, at the end, West Virginia running accelerated AD search, the timing to complete both changes by early December being difficult. So in my eyes, the way that I take that is they are saying Neil Brown coming back is because they don't feel like we'll be able to bring the AD and the new coach in in time. Because as I've said in the past, ideally you want to be able to have the AD in place and the new head coach in place prior to December 21st, uh, which I believe is National Signing Day, whenever that is there in late December, whatever date that is exactly. You want to be able to have both those in place. So they're thinking that it's highly unlikely. However, I think things are moving on this AD thing pretty quickly. West Virginia could potentially have a new AD in place within the next week or two. You know, I think that that's definitely not out of the realm of possibility. And if they do, that would give them two to three weeks to, you know, interview coaches and possibly make a coaching hire before then as well. So I think ESPN is not considering that that's going to happen. And that's why they're thinking Neil Brown may may return. But having said that, um, Neil Brown, as I mentioned, you know, some of the stats earlier, three losing seasons over four. Who knows what the future is going to remain. But if indeed West Virginia does, decide to go another direction i've got you know some tweets that i thought were interesting that i liked over on our twitter that i wanted to share from at ear king 43 neil brown will go down as the first wvu football coach not to coach a ranked team since gene Corum, who was in charge from 1960 to 1965 so neil brown going down as the first w football coach to never coach a ranked wvu team never once been ranked you know over his four seasons if indeed he does not return as the football coach for 2023 and that remains to be seen but in regards to you know the head coaching situation that's in flux no we don't exactly know what's going to happen with that moving forward but what we do indeed know is that West Virginia is searching for a new athletic director and on as far as far as that is concerned some updates came out yesterday actually if you were uh, looking around if not I'll kind of basically share the gist of some of those updates that came out yesterday okay so according to some of these updates that broke yesterday West Virginia AD search could be wrapped up soon They said, you know, it was ambitious trying to get it done in just three or four weeks. But according to this update, they are actually on pace to not only meet that schedule, but to possibly beat that schedule. But if that is indeed the case, then it seems like it is down to two names that will be named if they do meet that timeline. There will be, you know, two guys. You know, in the past, if you've been following here on the Country Roads webcast, I showed you a list of seven names. Both these two names were on that list. I told you I felt like 
in my opinion, that one of those seven names would be West Virginia's next athletic director. These two names were on there. Also were two of my favorite candidates, and those two names are Rob Mullins from Oregon and Patrick Chun from Washington State. So be on the lookout for those two names possibly in West Virginia's AD search moving forward. If it the hire occurs within the next couple of weeks, it will likely be one of those two names. If it goes longer than those next couple of weeks, then it will likely maybe be another name that even hasn't been brought up yet within this search and within those seven names that I showed you guys. So we're going to find something out here very soon moving forward within the Mountaineer football program. All right, so that's just kind of the main things I want to share with you guys in Mountaineer football news this week. Just to kind of briefly recap um, the one those there. ESPN basically reporting they think Neil Brown will return for 2023, but also kind of prefacing that by saying they – feel that way because West Virginia also has to hire an AD and they don't feel like, you know, it is either safe or likely that West Virginia would be able to hire an AD and a new coach, you know, potentially by signing day when you got to try and get a recruiting class together and, you know, keep the recruits that are currently here, of course, signed on board already and get those to sign letters of intent with a new AD and a new head coach. So I'm sure that's playing into ESPN's decision, but that's what they're thinking right now as of this recording. However, you know, indications are that West Virginia's AD search is maybe close to wrapping up. And if that's the case, then it is likely that Neil Brown could be on his way out following this game against Oklahoma State. So that's just kind of an update as far as Mountaineer football news is concerned there as the West Virginia Athletic Department remains in a situation of flux, searching for a new AD and the future of the coaching staff up in there as well as we head into the final game of the 2022 WV football season against Oklahoma State. Having said that, let's dive in on our preview of that game here as we give our brief thoughts here and then our key to victory and our score predictions before we wrap up here on season five episode 151 our Oklahoma State preview and predictions edition of the CRW podcast all right so West Virginia will travel to Stillwater to take on the Oklahoma State Cowboys in the final game of the 2022 Mountaineer football season coming up this Saturday November 26th noon kick there on the eastern time zone and it's going to be televised on ESPN, too. We know West Virginia's had their struggles against Oklahoma State. I believe it's been since 2015 that they beat Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State's a team right now that's really banged up. It's kind of some of the similar struggles West Virginia's had injury-wise. But this is also an Oklahoma State team that prior to those injuries was very good. I believe they were in the top 10 of the nation before, you know, some of those injuries hit. And they still are, you know, very good top half of the conference. We know the good job Mike Gundy does, as you see, you know, with the 7-4 and four record maybe well on their way to another eight-plus win season this year. And, of course, uh, on to a bowl game, which is more than we can say about the West Virginia team this season with their 4-7 and seven record and 2-6 and six in conference play here. Near going to finish either ninth or 10th in the Big 12, depending on how things close out in this final week of the season. And no bowl game for the Mountaineers, unfortunately, this season. But also, we know that Oklahoma State is very good at home. Don't believe that they've lost a home game since 2019, if I'm not mistaken. So, Big-time challenge for the Mountaineers against a team they've struggled with and in a place they've struggled to play as well as the rest of the conference has struggled to play as well. And then we have to also preface this by Neil Brown throughout his tenure at West Virginia has struggled on the road, and uh, not only on the road, but potentially on the road, especially on the road in conference play, rather. Um, and it's kind of ironic because when we hired Neil Brown, that was kind of one of the selling points is the fact that being at Troy, he had went on the road and had some big road wins against Nebraska 
and against LSU and even took Clemson to the wire in a game that Clemson won by like one to three points. And so that was one of the big selling points of Neil Brown. But for some reason, that hasn't translated to him being a coach at the Power 5 level here at West Virginia. The Mountaineers have only won one Big 12 Conference road game since 2019. That was last year against Kansas. Neil Brown has only won four Big 12 Conference road games at all over his four years. So this will be his fifth win over his four years in Big 12 road play. So the Mountaineers have struggled on the road, but they've really struggled on the road in Big 12 conference play there. Also, the fact that Oklahoma State, you know, is a team that, you know, they're going to do what they do and that they've done in recent years. Offensively, they're going to probably hit you with some up-tempo. They're going to try and attack the Mountaineers through the air. Their run game has struggled a bit this season. Their pass protection has struggled a bit this season. But we've seen teams that have struggled offensively this season have their better games against West Virginia, which was really struggling in the secondary. And, you know, a lot of times when since these injuries have struck, that's gotten worse. Um, and we saw that rear its head again against Kansas State. So that worries you with Spencer Sanders and this Oklahoma State offense if they hit West Virginia with some tempo and some of these plays that, and who knows, maybe they're even able to get the run game going then against the Mountaineers if they get that thing cooking at home. And they've been a lot better at home offensively than they have on the road. So it's going to be a challenge for the Mountaineers defensively, but hopefully they can go out, you know, on the on the bright side of things and have a strong performance that's more like what they did against, you know, TCU and Oklahoma than it is what we saw in the first half against Kansas State if the Mountaineers want to have, you know, a chance there against this Oklahoma State offense. Flipping it over the other way, we know the Oklahoma State defense is also going to do what they do on that side of the ball. They always, you know, they're going to blitz a lot and they're going to play man and they're really going to be aggressive in their man coverage. And we've seen West Virginia struggle with that this season. You know, these receivers that West Virginia has had has, have struggled with getting off man, press man coverage. We saw it against Pitt and against a couple other teams that the Mountaineers have faced that have used that same philosophy this season. And it's also been something we've just seen West Virginia struggle with in the past against Oklahoma State in general. I mean, think back to the 2018 season. All West Virginia had to do was beat Oklahoma State in Stillwater, seal up their spot in the Big 12 championship game for the first time in West Virginia history. Instead, Oklahoma State locks the West Virginia receivers down with man coverage on the outside to be able to come back in the second half in a game that West Virginia led by 17 or 18 points at the break. West Virginia couldn't do anything offensively with that press man coverage. They couldn't get open, and Oklahoma State, of course, beat West Virginia, kept them out of the Big 12 title game then. Oklahoma State's going to try to do those same type of things to West Virginia this week. But in turn with that, I think the Mountaineers might do that to Oklahoma State as well. You know, throughout the season, West Virginia has been primarily a zone coverage team. But I think with Oklahoma State injuries, their struggles in the run game and their struggles in pass blocking this season, we might see the Mountaineers play a little bit more man coverage and blitz more in this game. Because, you know, as you know, the old quote goes from the Waterboy movie, right? Last game of the year, can't hold anything back now. So bring the blitz take some risks on defense, offense, you know, throw some deep balls, run some trick plays even. We saw the Mountaineers have success on a trick play last week against uh, Kansas State when uh, Jeremiah Aaron took a handoff, pitched it back to Sam James, who then threw a pass to Garrett Green. So, you know, the Mountaineers have some of that in their playbook, and I hope to see them, you know, try and pull out all the stops to try and get a road win, something you've struggled to do not only this season but over the past four years. And if you're this coaching staff and you're wanting to, you know, potentially make make the new AD look at something and say, hey, maybe we should bring this guys back and give them one year. How about going out on a high note with an injury-ridden team that everyone – the chips are all up against you. Nobody's expecting to win this game. And you go out and beat, you know, a pretty good Oklahoma State team. That would be a really big, you know, check in the pro box for Neil Brown and this staff if they want to try and, you know, maybe have a chance to come back next season 
Um, who knows what's going to happen there moving forward, but that this win would go a long way in helping him to be able to do so. As I mentioned, you know, with Garrett Green earlier, he will be getting the start for the Mountaineers again in this game. Uh, having Caden Prather back may be able to help the Mountaineer passing game. I think they'll need to utilize that a bit. I believe Oklahoma State will be ready to try and shut down Garrett Green's running abilities, kind of like Kansas State keyed on that last week, holding him to 17 rushing yards. But he did do some good things through the air, throwing three touchdown passes, particularly in the deep passing game to Sam James. So, you know, we know Oklahoma State's going man coverage. Maybe they're able to hit on some of those again. Hopefully Sam James gets behind the defense and the Mountaineers can do something there. So that's just kind of my brief overall thoughts on the matchups. Having said that, let's dive into key to victory and my score prediction for the final time in 2022 before we close out this episode here on Season 5, Episode 151 of the CRW Podcast, the Oklahoma State Preview and Predictions Edition. All right, so our final segment here on Season 5, Episode 151 of the CRW Podcast, of course, we will close out with my key to victory for this game for the Mountaineers to be able to pull off a win in their final game of the 2022 season. And then, of course, my prediction as to if they will be able to do so. And this week, I think I touched on a little bit briefly there when I was talking about the matchups. But my key to a Mountaineer victory in this one is explosive plays in the passing game. I think with the way that Oklahoma State will defend West Virginia, that Mountaineers are going to have to try and find a way to get, you know, off on some of this man coverage. And maybe if they're bringing the blitz, you know, they're doing cover zero in the back end and those corners are on islands. The Mountaineers are going to have to be able to get beat that man, make the catch and, you know, get upfield and score the touchdown. And if they can get some explosive plays in the passing game, I like their chances. We saw it a little bit last week against Kansas State. I think the Mountaineers, you know, have only had, you know, four or five passing plays over 50-plus yards on the season. I think for the Mountaineers to be able to win this game, they're going to have to probably have at least one of those, if not two, in this one to have a chance to win against Oklahoma State. As far as my prediction goes, unfortunately, you know, I haven't been too optimistic for the Mountaineers this season, but I will preface this by saying I do think West Virginia has a chance to win this game against Oklahoma State. We're talking about two teams that are both banged up, but the reason that I got to go with the Cowboys over the Mountaineers in this one is just something that I mentioned earlier in this episode, and it's the struggles of this team on the road and the struggles of Neil Brown on the road in general in Big 12 play since he took over as the West Virginia football coach, and it makes it really hard to pick West Virginia victories on the road in conference play until they show me that they can pull that off consistently so having said that I'm unfortunately going with the West Virginia loss this week but I've got the Mountaineers sticking in it until the end and it ended up a one score game in my prediction with Oklahoma State coming out on top 35 to 27 over the Mountaineers in the final game of the football season but hopefully I'm incorrect and I would love to see the Mountaineers secure a fifth win and kind of just have a positive taste in your mouth maybe to go into what is liable to be a crazy offseason for West Virginia and even a crazy next couple of weeks as the Mountaineers will be hiring a new athletic director and who knows what other hires they will be making moving forward um, within the athletic department after that decision is made but we'll be here to cover those all along the way on the Country Roads webcast so if you're listening to the audio side as I said earlier come over to the video side and vice versa but whichever one of those you've tuned into here on season five episode 151 of the CRW podcast we're really appreciative of of it here our Oklahoma State preview and predictions episode we'll be back with our post game show immediately following the game which you can find here on YouTube that we host for the voice of college football there find it here on our YouTube channel their YouTube channel immediately following the conclusion of the game it'll be our final one of those of the season as well so we hope you tune into those where you can hop in the live chat and talk with us directly as we do that but even though this is the final preview podcast episode of the season we'll have 
of course, our recap uh, podcast, and then we will have uh, podcast episodes releasing periodically throughout the offseason. Also, the CRW Hoops podcast is ongoing, so there's going to be plenty of content for you guys that follow us here on the podcast side of the Country Roads webcast. And as I always said before, you know, hop over to the video side as well. And if you're tuning on the video side to our channel here at the Country Roads webcast or the WV Sports Now, Now channel, before you head out here, one more time, do us a favor, hit the like button. It helps this video's performance, and it helps future video's performances as well. And if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button helps us helps you helps get more of this mountaineer sports content out to mountaineer nation having said that really appreciate you guys tuning in here to season five episode 151 of the crw podcast one more time i'll show it up here on the screen for you guys on the video side and announce it for you guys on the audio side west virginia four and seven two and six overall taking on oklahoma state in Stillwater. cowboys seven and four four and four overall Final game of the 2022 season for both teams. Senior day for the Cowboys. Saturday, November 26th, noon kick, Eastern time, televised on ESPN2. Be sure and tune into the Mountaineers and to cheer them on one final time in 2022, the last time that we'll be able to do so. And we'll be here to talk about it afterwards on the Country Roads webcast. And appreciate you guys tuning into the final game preview episode of the season. Having said that, as always, I'm Jordan Cruz. Happy Thanksgiving, Mountaineer Nation. And until next time, let's go. If you really want to know, then come on, let's go. Take a stroll down those...